Welcome everyone to our podcast. <laughs> you are in First Timothy chapter six, verse six through eight. Was that what you discussed yeah. last week? Okay. Last week. You know, we on a broader scale and we, you know, everything kind of coalesced around this idea of your attitude and your approach to viewing your situation in the world, right? Which, you know, carries over from, you know, especially verse three, right? Where people are using, they're twisting what Paul is saying and what other people are saying, you know, in order to validate their own gain in life. And Paul's saying that you're looking at this completely backwards, right? You shouldn't be using God's word is a means of advancing yourself materially in life, but you should be adopting the character of Christ and thereby learning to be content with what God has given you. Yeah, and, and I think just to add on to the end of that, I think that even 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 though we shouldn't, that shouldn't be our motive, um, a lot of times there is, even financial blessing, there's tons of, tons of blessing that comes along with the, the, the spiritual progress and, and the, the drive for the Lord, but that's not, if that's our main motive, we're going to find nothing actually. Um, and so anyway, so just because there is uh, material gain or any sort of gain doesn't mean that he's, he's not present. That's not what it was about. Um, actually, he, he does have the ability to do that when we use our, our gifts wisely, right? He definitely has that. All right. Um, Will somebody read 9, 10? No, just those two. Yeah, I don't want to get too, too ambitious. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Super famous, uh, super famous saying, which is often misquoted is, um, um, for money is the root of all evil, which obviously is not the case. It's the love of money. It's the motive going into it, right? The desire that's attached to it. Yeah, what do you think, Paul, in light of the other texts, especially continuing this thought process, what do you, what do you think he's getting at here, uh, specifically for Timothy and the Church of Ephesus? To me, it's saying, it's saying without a doubt, if you had any doubts left after the previous three verses, that... Loving money isn't a big thing. It's not what we should strive for, but rather godliness. And if God blesses us with money or any other material success, then that is a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like he's sort of repeating himself again in a different, maybe a little bit different light, right? Yeah, like when I teach somebody to do something new at work, sometimes I teach them one way and they don't get it, but then I teach them a different way and they get it. So <laughs> to me, that, that, I kind of see that here. Yeah. 
I can even see him going a little bit deeper than he was before um, with these verses. And um, um, if we focus on verse nine, he he talks about those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires. Now, let's think about money first or or material wealth, right? What is it that, um, what, why do you want it? This answer probably varies a lot from person to person, but in general, in order to, I mean, security probably first and foremost, but then beyond that to acquire more stuff. Well, that's for you, Jonah. I'm not worried about security. I, I want things. I'm, I, I want to go on trips and uh, shot collars for my dog. Um, yeah, like, okay, sure. So security can be the first thing. In, in other words, to, to be provided for. Um, that's not all. I don't actually think that's an evil motive, right? Um, that's, that's all right. But why do why do people why are people greedy? Maybe that's a better question. Right. One man's selfishness, right? Sure, sure, but why? There's always something nicer. Sorry, Rachel. You go. That was twice you were interrupted. I think it's gonna make him happy. Okay. Yeah, the pursuit of happiness or fulfillment. And Brad said that there's always something nicer. There's always something better, right? I, to a large extent, it's it's when you compare yourself to other people, right? I mean, if you've got if you've got more money than anybody else, you know, you're not going to be as in most people probably aren't going to be particularly inclined to devote their whole life to acquiring more. But you know. If you look at your neighbor and he's driving a Bentley and living in a 4,000 square foot house and you're over here driving a Lexus, right? It's like, oh man, I need to make more so that I can, you know, be, you know, so I can be on the same level or even better than my neighbor. It's also filling that void ah. that they haven't achieved yet, right? Or they're, they're trying to take control I never thought of it as by control. What did, what does that mean to you, Tammy? Well, there are people who feel like if, if they don't have enough money to, uh, you know, whether it be food on the table, bills, or pleasures, um, it it feels like it might. Uh, sometimes they may feel like it's uh, something out of their control. But if they can have the resources to obtain those things, they are in control of it. Anson suggested Ecclesiastes 10.19, and it says, A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes life merry, but money is the answer for everything. Yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, okay, so... What I've heard, I think there's more. Um, anything else to add, go ahead. But but um, there are various reasons why people desire more money, right? There, there's like a, a ton, 
The list goes on and on. Um, but but ultimately, this is this is uh, we talked about idolatry a couple last week or the week before, right? A little bit. Yeah, probably both weeks. Yeah. Okay. So so this is like uh, every every desire of our hearts, everything that gets out of balance is actually becoming idolatry, right? Remember this, where mm-hmm. if you desire something more than more than you should, or more, or more than more than God, you're actually doing something that's idolatry, which which goes back to Tammy's point of trying to fill a void in our own hearts. Okay, any of you ever heard of the God called Mammon? A couple of you, Lauren, you raised your hand. What is it? I don't actually know, but I've heard of it. Very good. Anybody know? I mean, in general, you know, when Jesus, where is it? Is it in the Sermon on the Mount or somewhere else where Jesus says is going through, you know, basically dealing with people that have split priorities. And he says that you can't serve both God and man. Right. And generally that's interpreted. uh, The way I've heard it is basically you can't serve God and money. But I, 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 I expect that Mammon was probably some a prosperity idol. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it goes beyond that, and it's it, it's actually, I mean, they would call it a god, right? Um, Mammon was a god, the name of a god, capitalized, like, and but it, um, could it could it boil down to the fact that it's a it's a demon, right? It's a god that's taking this form, and it's actually something that that lives in the world that that has power over over certain things and actually uh, gives power in certain situations right so they they called it a a god it had some sort of um and by the way all all of the gods people don't serve gods for no reason by the way in the old testament and um this is actually relatively new and too bad this is being recorded because they might cast me into the pit of darkness after this but um they so I, I have a hunch. I have a hunch that that many of the Old Testament gods were actually um, I don't think they're real gods necessarily, but they're actual spiritual powers, right? They actually have um, these these things. When when Paul in Ephesians six talks about um, um, your your struggles not against flesh and blood, but about against principalities and powers and the rulers of this of this age and of this world, right? Um, I actually have a hunch that some of those um, are there's there's evil powers that are that are at large, right? And they actually fulfill something for people when they give their hearts over to it, right? There's actual something there. Like um, people, like I said, people don't follow these gods for no reason, right? So when it boils down to this. It's saying you're trusting Mammon, you're trusting this other God actually over the the ultimate, the ruler of the universe, of God the Creator, who made all these things, by the way, right? Okay, that's just a okay side note. I'm learning about that stuff, and it's interesting, but I don't not really convicted on it yet. It was just uh, interesting. Um, okay. We don't have gods anymore, but people serve them anyway. Like people who make it like in this verse, love their money or there's people I know who 
make a big deal out of their kid's success in school or in sports. That seems like a form of idolatry to me, not super obvious like we see in the Bible, but they're depending on their kid to make them happy if their kid succeeds. And that's idolatrous behavior. Interesting. Yeah, that's really good. It's really good. Yeah, we don't attribute it in our culture, right? We don't attribute it to gods because gods don't exist. We don't believe in a spiritual realm, right, in our culture. Like, in, and we say we do, but we actually subliminally, I, I mean, subconsciously, I think on another level, I don't think we believe really um, at all, um, whether we admit it with our mouth or not, because we just think, oh, this stuff doesn't really matter. It doesn't really affect us. But these are, these are temptations and spiritual influences, and they lead us in a direction in our lives, by the way. The desires of our hearts, that, that actually is what leads us. We think, uh, we think, oh, if something gets in my head, no, no, look, look, you know you shouldn't have one more donut, don't you? Y'all know, like I know, but I do it anyway because I want it, right? Um, and that's why that's, what, that's why the Bible says to guard our hearts above all other things, right? And, and, and our hearts are actually deceitful. They actually want the evil things and, and we should actually guard this because we're desirous people. This is, we were made to love. We were made to desire God. And when we put something else as a desire in there, we're going to actually chase after those things. And so we actually have to guard the desires of our hearts, right? We have to really be careful um, because actually that is, we, we think it's our mind that leads us, but you and I, oh, we're not that smart. We're not that smart. What about that verse in Proverbs that says, for as a man thinks, so he is. Yeah. So um, this goes back to Rene Descartes, I think, therefore I am, but that it's just not true like uh, that, that form of it. Okay. The Proverbs thing. Yeah, sure. Like knowledge needs to be a stepping stone on the way to um, a, a, a greater, um, by the way, this is, I think one of the idols of our culture is, is the pursuit of knowledge, right? We think that uh, hyper intellectualism, or we think that if we're smarter than the other person, then we have some sort of power over them, which, you know, it, in, in some situations, it's actually true, but um, yeah, the, the Bible doesn't really address, uh, that, that particular issue, but it's, it talks more of like, uh, we, well, we talked about first Corinthians 13, right? About just, if you don't love, you actually have nothing. Yeah. It's not that you can't think it's like some of the most amazing people in my life were, they're not the smartest people. They're, they're the ones raising their hands. Wait, I don't really understand that, but they're the, they're the best people in life, right? We talked about EQ versus IQ the other week, right? And the more more important thing is actually the EQ actually in this life. Okay, so that didn't really answer your question, Rachel, but um, but it's, it's the sense that, well, knowledge is a good thing, but it's a stepping stone on our way to something greater, right? And we've elevated as to be the ultimate thing, like knowledge is now the ultimate thing, and it's just not. It's good, but any any good thing can even become an idol yeah such as money i think one of the things too this is pointing back is god had a purpose and it the mission is to to show the world his character and his love 
But we, throughout history, have fallen short of that, right? We turn, we turn away from the blessings and go towards the curses. And it's because we have basically profaned his name. We've tainted the character of God in sharing that with the world. That's the mission, right? Go share God's character to the world. And how are you going to share that love with others or the character of others if your perspective or your perspective is distorted, right? That's going to relay that same distorted perspective of God's character to other people. And they're not going to want to have anything to do with it. No, it's selfishness has never been attractive in anybody. It's, it's gross. Like it, it repels people, right? Anything, anything else that you guys notice that you guys want to discuss in specifically in verse nine? I was listening to a finance video earlier today and something like it's like almost 80% of people that win the lottery, you know, that, you know, you win the lottery, you get, you know, however many millions of dollars after taxes ends up in your bank account, right? Within like three years, 80% of them end up filing for bankruptcy. Wow. Which I mean, you know, you, you, you always hear about those people, but to actually have, you know, a, a solid stat like that, you know, put on it, you know, and we, we, we don't need to dive into all the reasons for it, but a lot of times people view, you know, if only I had a little bit more money than I could solve this problem in my life. Yeah. And that might be true, but, you know, if, if looking at the experience of lottery winners is any indication, there's something more required beyond simply having the money that's required in order for people to feel successful, even on a, you know, even dis discounting any sort of contentment or, you know, spiritual aspect, right? Which I think there's some of that that plays into it, but, you know, there, there's a character that needs to be developed in order for you to manage anything wisely. Hmm. Right. And, I think, and that kind of plays into the bigger question, right? Which, you know, people ask, well, why is there all this sin in the world, right? Why couldn't God just get rid of the sin? And, you know, all of us good people go to heaven immediately, right? But in, in some respects, that's kind of like winning the lottery, right? Yeah in that, you know, all of a sudden you're blessed with all of this stuff, but, you know, your, your own nature is going to impel you to abuse what you've been given if you don't understand the full value of it. And not just abuse the thing, abuse yourself and you abuse other people, actually, when you, when you get to the state. You know the the parable of the the, the rich fool. You guys aware of this? All right, let me read it for us. It's um, Luke chapter twelve and thirteen through twenty one. It says, "Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me.' Someone seeking seeking money, right?" 
Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? And he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I'll store my surplus of grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. Then who will get um, what you prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up the things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. So this is this is actually the thing. Um, All White talks is, talks to us about uh, in, in times, and she says actually to not uh, not store actually lots of food like everybody's doing. Like don't store it because she says because evil and greedy men will actually come in and steal it. It's just like don't, and that also like don't rely on that stuff, right? That's not actually, you're putting your trust also in material things, right? You're continuing to do this. And he's like, that's, that's never where our trust should be. It's not that we shouldn't plan ahead, right? And like have some provisions, sure. I don't think that's what she's talking about, but to, but to hoard up things is never, uh, whether it's money, possessions, whatever it is, it just, it doesn't work. It's intrinsically like it, it will, end up destroying itself some somehow and consuming you actually because you're worried you ever you ever see these people where they they get all this stuff and then they're so worried everybody's going to touch it that they can't even relax so the thing that they're actually chasing in in an easy life is actually taken from them just by the fact that they've gained all these things isn't that bizarre they don't have peace of mind oh, oh. that kind of goes back to the Proverbs 31 woman to me, like there's something, I forget all the different details, but like she, she's planning ahead and doing all sorts of things, but she's not worried. Yeah. Yeah. Because why? She trusts in God overall. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's prudent. She's wise, but she's not consumed with having provisions just taking care of just she's taking care of those to whom she is responsible to take care of mm-hmm. i feel like is a way one way of saying it yeah and it'd be even if everything was taken from her i mean she's she's still she's still okay and that goes back to the to the verse we read um last week um was it in philippians where he's like i know what it is to have a lot and, and nothing and it just either way doesn't really matter like uh you'll trust the lord either way all right so for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil and it says some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs oftentimes to gain those assets 
you have to do things you would initially think morally wrong. And then it just becomes easier and easier over time to uh, waive your morality in a way. A, a Christmas carol comes to mind here, right? Which, <laughs> which for those of you that aren't familiar, I mean, all of us are probably familiar with the, with the basic premise that, you know, so this crotchety old man that nobody likes named Ebenezer Scrooge, you know, it, he, he's tight-fisted and he won't let his employees put coal on, you know, add coal to the fire in the middle of winter because coal costs however much, you know, two shillings a ton or whatever. So, you know, and then he gets visited in the night by three, what, what I think they're called ghosts, right? But, you know, so three, three ghosts that basically walk him through his past, present, and future and reminds him of all that he's sacrificed in life and all of the sorrows that he's endured in his quest for acquiring money. And then he wakes up the next morning and gives everything away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he realizes its value. And he realizes, like, what what um where he's been brought in this journey that he's been on right following his his heart's desire for money and realizing that it's just destroyed not just him but everybody else around him too right yeah and you know in some respects i kind of wonder if when paul refers to a love of money you know because money itself is really just in intermediate tool used for the acquisition of other things yeah. right so you know is paul referring specifically to those people that are hoarding wealth or those people or those people that are looking to acquire wealth in order to acquire other stuff which you know those things is ultimately satisfy us in life for those things which can't really be purchased right yeah. you know and you know specifically the relational aspects of life, both with family, friends, loved ones, and God, especially, right? I mean, you can't, you really can't buy that stuff. I mean, you can buy friends, I suppose, but they, <laughs> they, they only last as long as the money does, right? So, whether yeah, but you, but you can't buy friends because as soon as, you know, everybody knows that. As soon right. as they're gone, it's like, yeah. Right, exactly. So, in some respects, I think, you know, I, I, and this is kind of a new thought to me, but I almost feel like the love of money is really just a stand in for those people that are looking to acquire anything non-relational and they just view the money as a way to get there. Oh yeah. The, the term. Um, I was thinking, you know, we've kind of looked at it as people acquiring these assets or this tool and it's hurting people along the way. But sometimes people use that tool as a wall or a buffer to protect themselves from more hurt that they have experienced. And I think that is some, you know, another angle of this where it can still be a a hindrance, you know, to yourself and again, then to others. Mm 
Yeah, the uh, the term there is uh, philaguria, as in like I well, phila is just the love of anything, right? And so like uh, the we have it in Philadelphia, right? The, the city of brotherly love. But you have it in philanthropy of also is like the the love of actually you actually have a love within your heart, a desire to to give to to give of yourself. And I think that's kind of the opposite of of this term. Um, it means to love silver, but but of course, there's many types of things that that are going to steal our, our our hearts away from away from the things that we're actually wanting, the the deepest desires of our hearts, right? We think it, we, it's because we believed a lie, right? This goes back all the way back to the garden, by the way. As soon as we believe a lie about what we actually want, instead of actually believing God and what He's provided for us and letting Him decide for for us because he's created us. He knows better, us better than we know ourselves. As soon as we desire something other than that, we're going to try to take it through unnecessary means, right? We're going to go against him. And, and this is where the covetousness comes in, right? This is where the greed, the greed started back in the garden where we saw something, we wanted more than what God had given us, right? There was a desire for, um, yeah, for... Or something more, which ultimately boils down to a lack of trust in in the Lord. All right. Well, it is almost seven. Do we have any any other thoughts on this before we start our final charge next week to Timothy? Does anyone have the answer to my uh, riddle or question, trivia question? Remind us. Where was the first food fight in the Bible? Cain and Abel? No. Zechariah 5.1 Then I turned and lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a flying roll. <laughs> oh man trivia. that was a stretch trivia that's going to be on Jeopardy Bible Jeopardy <laughs> no kidding trivia question for the next one who is the greatest financier in the Bible this one's a doozy <laughs> David or Solomon mm -hmm. right off the top of my head <laughs> tune in next week right that's yeah. right yeah, that's that's our <laughs> that's our hook for next week. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, Anson, because you have uh, the answer to that, you want you want to play for us? Okay. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing us to meet together and dive deeper into your Word. Um, please help us to take what we have learned and get to know you better and share it with those we meet in your holy name amen, amen.